Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on September 13th, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, I sit down with Superintendent of Education, Molly Spearman, to discuss school safety amid rising closings, quarantines, infections, and deaths. We also have the latest data for you as infections and deaths drop for the first time in weeks amid the recent surge. We hear from DX Public Health Director, Dr. Brandon Traxler, about what the agency has seen with the numbers and the worry about the pending flu season. And I'm back from several days in Houston, visiting my good friend, your good friend, lead friend, and colleague, Meg Kennard, following her breast cancer surgery, and before she begins radiation therapy, as she continues her fight against breast cancer. We'll have the discussion in the wind down section and much more. Also, we wanna hear your stories, you know I do. So, you know how you can share your story? Give you one guess. You already know. 803-563-7169. That's our voicemail box. Leave your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on. Like I said, it's middle of September right now. Things are getting cooler. We're going to hear about that flu season. Tell me about what you're concerned about as we head into the cool winter, fall months as well. And also what you're doing. You getting ready for spooky season? Hmm? Let us know. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 11,306 total deaths, and currently there are 802,328 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of September 13th at 4 p.m. Our percent positive is 10.1%. Currently, 2,494 patients are hospitalized with COVID-19 in the state. 591 are in intensive care and 309 are on ventilators. Those numbers are again up from last week. Also, some more data for you. Deaths climbed for seven weeks to a recent peak of 335 for the week ending September 4th. Deaths, however, did drop last week ending September 11th to 204. Cases also dropped for the first time in 11 weeks last week as well, dropping to 30,834 from 38,679 the week before. So down, but still very high, folks. So far this school year, there have been 6,537 COVID-19 cases in schools, and only 539 of those were among employees. So really about 6,000 among students themselves. The South Carolina Children's Hospital Collaborative reports that there are 35 children hospitalized with COVID-19, 15 are in critical care, and 8 are on ventilators. For the love of God, please stop me from having to keep reporting these numbers, folks. And currently, 49.6% of eligible South Carolinians have been vaccinated. That's about 2.13 million people. We have a bit of a short politics section for you, and it's a conversation between me and State Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman, who joined me last week on This Week in South Carolina. That's right, TWISC is back, folks. Now, with the spread of the Delta variant, the varying responses by schools to COVID transmission, and of course, the increased rate of young people catching the virus, we devoted the entire episode to speaking with Spearman about these concerns and more, which I open our discussion with. We have 12 districts that are virtual. Temporary virtual is the way we're explaining it. We're asking districts to evaluate or reevaluate their situation every five days and announce to the community what they're going to do. Um, very different from last year, we're seeing spread 
uh, in the schools, uh, having to quarantine a high number of teachers, staff, and students. So a very, very difficult situation that school folks are in right now. Did you have higher hopes for how this school year was going to go? I mean, like you, you guys had a, a pretty good idea about how to do things last year, and then it got blown yeah, up, we, essentially. Absolutely. We really thought this year would be normal, and unfortunately, the spread of the Delta variant hit us about the same time that school started opening in early August. We had five districts to start that first week in August, and within a week, we saw that there were issues. We are working very closely with DHEC. Uh, quite honestly, the, the standard for closing and making those decisions is varied across the state. We're working with superintendents so we can get more uniform on when a classroom should close, when a school should close, so that we can keep the quarantine, we can keep five to a limit, and we can keep five-day instruction going on. But we always, I'd say to the public, it, it depends. Uh, you can give a percentage, but sometimes it matters. Maybe it's the principal and the entire front office staff that is uh, affected by COVID, and obviously it's very difficult to keep the school open. So we can't always just use the numbers, but we are working very closely with DHEC and the school districts to help give them some good guidance on how decisions should be made. You know, where does the blame fall at this point? Is it lawmakers who are prohibiting your school districts from, you know, to put in mask mandates? Is it parents not sending kids to school with their masks on because it's their responsibility at this point? Is it the governor? Where's where the blame going? <laughs> well, I, I try not to point fingers. Uh, I think it could be a combination of reasons. Uh, for one, the Delta variant is different than what we dealt with last year. That mm -hmm. That's where the blame is. Uh, I think that the lack or the resistance to vac getting vaccinated in across South Carolina is the number one issue. Uh, mask helps some, vaccinations help the most. Uh, if we had a higher vaccination rate in the state, I think all of us, whether we're vaccinated or unvaccinated, would be better protected. So I would put the blame on that. Yeah. Uh, we need people to go and get the vaccine. But so if that's the case, too, and we, I, you know, I saw some reporting from the state newspaper that said, you know, for the first uh, six weeks of school being in session, 17,000 children under the age of 10 have contracted the virus. And unfortunately, we recently saw the passing of a fourth grader in Aiken uh, from COVID-19. There's kids in ICUs, uh, pediatric ICUs are getting full up across the state. Uh, would you say that schools are safe right now? Should we be shifting to virtual until we get a better grip on this Delta variant? I think that the districts are trying to ensure that we are as safe as possible. Certainly walking out into the grocery store, going to church, whatever, playing uh, on the softball team, basketball team, uh, there's a risk there. And our schools are not 100% safe. They were not last year either. But I do think we were able to keep things under control because of the variant last year was not as uh, transmissible and that we were using every possible um, mitigation tool that we had. We're not able to use the mask. I personally believe that they help. I think the research shows that. So I'm disappointed that we're not able to use every tool, but I will tell parents that schools are still doing a good job of the cleaning of the social distancing, those things that matter. But the number one tool is vaccination. And where we have children who cannot be vaccinated, it's even more important that the adults and the older students around them are vaccinated. And last question, vaccine mandates, when can we expect to see those being rolled out? Um, no 
there, there will be no mandate on mm-hmm. vaccine. However, you will see school districts implementing testing for teachers and possibly even their students. If a school has to close down completely, we got to get them back in. Mm-hmm. And we can't require vaccines, but we can certainly require testing of all of our employees. If you're vaccinated, you may not have to go through those tests. If you're unvaccinated, you will. See. Many districts are giving incentives, financial incentives to take the vaccine. So I don't think you'll see a requirement. However, you are going to see testing starting in the next few weeks if it's not already in your school district. Even with the full approval of the Pfizer vaccine, you could implement that in high schools for students to have this mandatory vaccines like you have other vaccines that you don't see that happening? Not at the moment. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. And that would be a call from DHEC, not from the Department of Education. But we're certainly encouraging folks to get the vaccine. There was so much more in that interview, which you can find on YouTube.com slash South Carolina ETV. And you can always catch Twisk on Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday afternoons at 1.30 p.m. on SCETV stations statewide and streaming online at those same times at SCETV.org under the live TV link, which is a really cool feature on our website if you haven't checked it out. And just a heads up, folks, something we, I need to be talking more about is the ongoing hearings for the Congressional and Statehouse Redistricting process. You can have your voice heard at hearings across the state that the House of Representatives is currently undertaking. This week alone, there are hearings in Greenville, North Charleston, and Bluffton. Next week, the ad hoc committee is visiting Greenwood, Aiken, and Orangeburg. You can find more details about these meetings and more at sestatehouse.gov. That's sestatehouse.gov. Also, we're gonna go ahead and skip our business section today since we have a bigger wind down with Meg Kennard. DHEC's Director of Public Health, Dr. Brandon Traxler, gave an update last week on what schools are seeing in the state. Now, you may remember from the last pod where DHEC Director Dr. Edward Simmer said the agency could issue a public health order for statewide masking in schools, but it would face major hurdles and enforcement issues due to the budget proviso that prohibits state dollars from being used to enforcing one, even though it's one of the best forms of protection against the virus. Here's Dr. Traxler on the latest. Our schools continue to see cases among students and faculty at rates much higher than what we were seeing this time last year. We're currently reporting 5,865 total cases among students and school employees, which is about 30% of the total cases for the entire school year last year, and it's only the beginning of September. There are three main reasons why COVID-19 is affecting our students and teachers so much this year. Not enough people are vaccinated. Not enough people are consistently and properly wearing masks. And the Delta variant is proving to be hypertransmissible. It is so easily spread. Children under the age of 11 are currently not eligible for vaccinations. So they remain susceptible. The way that we protect our children is for everyone who is 12 and older to get fully vaccinated immediately. And for everyone in our schools and in our communities to wear masks when in public, indoors, outside your household. Schools and school districts make their own determinations about if and when they need to adapt their operations because of COVID-19. While DHEC does not decide if or when a school should uh, cease in-person curriculum, 
the agency and our regional epidemiologists around the state work closely with school districts to make sure that they have the information they need to make the very best decisions that they can about in-person and virtual learning. Now, DHEC is providing school districts with updated guidance when it comes to determining whether a school should go virtual. DHEC also created suggested thresholds that were developed by epidemiologists within the agency. Now, they are just guidelines for education officials when it comes to making those decisions about going virtual. Also, it gives updates on testing, masking, and quarantining. You can even find out more under the guidance button on DHEC's website in the yellow header bar. Now, like we said, fall is right around the corner. Cooler temperatures are arriving. All things pumpkin spice are emerging, and boot season is nearly here. I feel it in my seasonal hat. But that aside, what will the cooler weather do in these fall and winter months when it comes to the virus? Here's Dr. Traxler. So I can't project um, what cases will look like months from now um, because there's multiple factors that would contribute to what the scenario is then. What we do know um, and what science and, and recent history have shown us is that um, increasing vaccinations and masking contribute greatly to the slowing the spread of COVID-19. But if these are not increased, then the virus will continue to spread um, and mutate to potentially become even more problematic variant. Yeah, so it sounds like if things don't change much, we'll be in store for a repeat of last year's fall-winter surge on top of potentially an actual flu season. Which, by the way, I had a discussion recently with someone who was trying to compare COVID to the flu. Like we've been saying since the beginning, COVID is not the flu. Here's a question. Do you know how many people in South Carolina died from the flu in the 2019-2020 flu season? Just guess. 140 total. That's fewer than the number of reported deaths from this past weekend alone. There were 3,000 total flu hospitalizations for the same flu season. Currently, currently, we have 2,500 COVID patients hospitalized right now. That doesn't even count what it's been like for weeks and months. So the next time someone tries to compare this to the flu, send them to DHEC's flu webpage, which has current and historical data, and just let it speak for itself. Now, Dr. Traxler urged folks to get a flu shot, which can be given at the same time as a COVID vaccine which she is hopeful that there will be soon an emergency use authorization this fall for children as young as five to be eligible for the Pfizer vaccine. So I know I just mentioned the Pfizer vaccine, and we're always kind of talking about Pfizer and Moderna, but here's for the Johnson & Johnson folks. Listen up. On Monday, the New York Times dedicated its daily news email to y'all, the Johnson & Johnson vaccinated folks, the group that so often feels ignored, unseen. Well, here's a programming note, folks. The lead has never ignored you. Mostly because A.T. got the Johnson & Johnson, so we can't ignore him. (laughs) But it always does kind of seem like, you know, we're touting things like the fancy Pfizer vaccine with its German counterpart getting full FDA approval, the flashy Moderna with its strong antibody response, and of course, both of them getting out of the gate early, leaving Johnson & Johnson to become somewhat of a redheaded stepchild of this pandemic. But hey, one shot Johnson & Johnson, we still got you. So, like I said, the New York Times did a roundup of news related to the J&J vaccine, which, like the others, is safe and effective at preventing severe illness and death from COVID-19. I mean, if you're talking trash about Johnson & Johnson, let's see what your vaccine can do. Oh, you, you don't have one. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, listen up. We got some news nuggets for you from the New York Times. Donkey sauce. Federal officials have suggested that they are likely to approve a booster shot for J&J recipients eventually. But any approval seems to be weeks away, if not months. So you got to sit tight. Now, regardless of that, many J&J recipients are less interested in receiving a second dose of the shot than they are in getting a follow-up shot with either Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine, sometimes known as a mix-and-match approach. 
which we've seen take place in other places across the globe, including Britain. They use this strategy, giving many people who receive the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is similar to Johnson & Johnson's, getting a second shot with Moderna or Pfizer's. So that's a possible approach whenever we do get booster shots for Johnson & Johnson folks. Now, numerous doctors and experts who themselves received the J&J vaccine aren't waiting for the government to act. They have gotten a follow-up Moderna or Pfizer vaccine. And here's a quote from Angela Rasmussen, who's a virologist who received a Pfizer shot after receiving the Johnson Johnson vaccine. She said, sometimes public health requires making tough decisions without a complete data set to support it. Even Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, was asked about whether she considered it a mistake for the Johnson Johnson recipients to pursue a Moderna or Pfizer follow-up. She said, not with what I've seen so far. And that's from the head of a notoriously cautious agency. So that was kind of remarkable and telling in that statement. Now, of course, this was all from the New York Times Daily News email. And for all of our Johnson & Johnson vaccine friends out there, we're here with you. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're doing, how you're handling the pandemic, if the kids are quarantining with you, if you're quarantining, if you're saying, screw it, I'm out and about on myself, nothing's going to touch me because I'm vaccinated. We want to know these stories, folks. 803-563-7169. And to our astute listeners from the last pod, you heard I was taping in Houston, Texas, which to the news junkies of South Carolina means that I'm visiting one of our favorite friends of the pod, Meg Kennard of the Associated Press who's down here as she continues her battle against breast cancer. So I came down last week to spend some time with her following her surgery and ahead of her radiation treatments, which start this week. But Meg, thanks for having me here and for being on the pod. It's so good to see you. It is so good to be seen. I, <laughs> I love that line. It's my favorite line. Uh, isn't it wonderful? It's just, it's just, it's just says everything. Um, it is great to be with you. It is great to have you here in Houston, my adopted hometown here yes. for a couple months. Um, and it is wonderful to have a piece of South Carolina right here with me. So thanks for making the trip. Meg, yeah. So you've been down here for what, more than a month now, right? Yes, it has been more than a month. Goodness. Tell us about how it's been, what you've been doing and how things are going. Things are going really well. I came down here a couple days before I had surgery, which we have found after all of the testing and the pathology has come back was a success. So my doctors were able to um, remove my tumor and and get clean margins, which anybody who's been through cancer knows is, is the ultimate goal when you have surgery. So that all went really well. And since then, I've been uh, regaining some range of motion. That's kind of tough when you have a major surgery like this. It went for 12 hours, which um, was a very long time. I had no idea. I was just asleep. Um, good sleep. <laughs> when I woke up, I found out that everyone had been a, a little worried that it had taken <laughs> yeah. so long. Sorry, guys. Um, but things have been going well with rehab and such since then and then in a couple days I will be starting radiation treatment and that will go on for about six weeks and then after that I get to come home so this is the last part of my active treatment here um, there will be a, it's a pretty intensive protocol I'll be going every single day but that's what the doctors here at MD Anderson say I need so that's what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. and like you said uh, more than a month so that's you know it's it was the surgery then you had people visit like your mother came down your your husband mm-hmm. continues to come down every now and then uh, every other week I should say because then other weeks you have other friends coming out to visit like myself like and you get some you. other people lined up too it's and wonderful. you got to see your family too especially Adair the other day your daughter um, Labor Day weekend so it must have been pretty exciting since it's been again such a long time in between 
between seeing her. Yeah, that was absolutely great. It's been a while since I was home. And so over Labor Day weekend, the kids and Jeffrey were all able to come out and spend that time with me. And, you know, they're busy. They're going back to school. They're distracted. They're not worrying about me, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But it was really, really great to have them all here. And you're right. You know, when Jeffrey goes back home so he can be with the kids every other week, it's been really, really nice to have my mom, some of my besties like you. And I've had I've got some college friends who are coming into town alternately as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling the love. I'm so, so blessed. I'm so happy and lucky but I'm also getting the best treatment in the world. So yeah, I, you I, can't beat that. <laughs> how could I complain about any of this? It really is great. Yeah, we got to pop over to MD Anderson the other day. Actually, we're not too far away from where you're living right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to, I got to come with you to one of your like, you know, little check-ins, see how mm-hmm. things going. And uh, really incredible facilities down here in Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas. I mean, this medical district it's like a it's an entire city unto itself truly i mean houston itself is a massive city but just the medical district all the skyscrapers basically that are mm-hmm. all different hospitals not just md anderson but many others it looks like a downtown in so many metropolitan areas so and houston's got that cluster and then it's got several other little downtown <laughs> areas so it's very very impressive here yeah, that's like, for sure i think of like your your low country think of charleston and you know musc and roper st francis but multiply that by i don't know like 10 oh, and at least. Make, like make them big Mm-hmm. <laughs> not as flood prone and it's like that's the whole district we're talking about <laughs> right it's big um but we've had some fun down here too we, we had have. you know even though we've both been working remotely you've been yes. cranking out some national stories of course um but we also found some time to catch up because yes. i haven't seen you i mean it's the longest time i've gone without seeing you face to face it has been really horrible and actually one of <laughs> the know? worst pieces of having to move to houston it's like family and then not seeing me <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's this is this is the time of my life right now that yeah. you're here um, but we got some, we did some fun stuff. We got some good Tex-Mex. We got mm-hmm. some Manny Petties. Oh, mandatory. Yes. I forgot a nail clipper, so I just had to go, we just had to go do it. <laughs> Might you as know, well. What are you going to yeah. do? And we just started watching a new show too, Nine Perfect Strangers Ooh. on Hulu. Has anyone Hi- else seen this? Yeah, A.T. shaking recommend. his head now. Um, it's with Nicole Kidman. She's a spiritual guru. I mean, it's basically the role she was born to play, if you ask me. Oh, yes, indeed. And a role that we're hoping to emulate one day. Oh. When we create our own, <laughs> I don't want to say cults, but let's use the phrase. We're not going to it Because it's not a cult. No, no. It's a self-awareness, self-help healing, healing. venture. Yes, that's right. I it's mean, all about healing and yeah, health and wealth. Yeah, cult. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, At, you're you're listening and you're jumping in. What do you want to say to Meg? Say something to Meg. She hasn't seen you in a long time. Oh, Meg, it's so great to see you. My <laughs> invite must have gotten lost in the mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you're looking, boss. You're an inspiration to me and everyone who listens. It's just so great to talk to you. Um, I hope you're feeling good. I hope I you am. get to go make it to Chinatown while you're there because Chinatown is truly superb in Houston. I have um, no doubt. Oh, Everything yeah, we've been driving around looking at the big ass houses. <laughs> I don't know if I can say the it's word crazy. ass. I think I can because I mean, it, everything so is much. huge There's here. so much here. AT, <laughs> you had a question for us. Yeah, you had a question for us. I had a question just for you two. It has nothing to do with Meg, but it's mostly to do with Skip. me because I'm a very self-centered man. <laughs> Perfect. This is, oh, I, I wish you were here, AT. I really wish you were here. I, um... <laughs> I uh, have been seeing these memes about like how jerks do this one thing with texting. And I wanted to ask you guys who are decidedly not jerks and a little more savvy than I am. If I'm the jerk in this Mm, scenario, mm -hmm. okay? Um, I like to send, instead of one big text bubble, I like to send a million small ones. (laughs) Oh, yes. Is that terrible? Am I the jerk? 
We call that rapid fire in the in in the anti that world. Um, so this, yeah, you're wrong. Yeah, well, yeah. can I clarify? God, I Is this done it. for some sort of dramatic effect? Right. And Are I you guess, trying to wait, be annoying? Here, let me actually let me I, uh, let me speak it. Let me speak the way you're texting. At. Is this done for uh, dramatic uh, effect? Question mark. Should, question, question mark. Question mark. mark. I, I, Why haven't I you responded I'm, yet? Like, I is think that, I'm just such a stream of consciousness person that like I haven't even thought of my second sentence by the mm. time I'm done with the mm-hmm. first one. Then I'm shooting mm-hmm. off. I'm firing off the first one. Mm. Oh, and then okay. the second Great. one, I'm like, oh, I got to add this. And then I'm like, now there's another one. And so like, yeah. What, what's yeah. wrong with me? You know, no, I don't know. That's bad, though. <laughs> yeah, just that, very again, bad. we're still in the, the the early stages of creating our health and wealth, not a cult, <laughs> spiritual healing process, right. and uh, that is a little bit outside of our area of expertise. Mm-hmm. But we're, uh, we're we will staff up, and yes. we'll go ahead and get I, that tackled. I, there's going to be a bylaw against anyone who does that. That's in, right. In we're going to do some research. Soon. I mean, I get if it's like a moment and like there are, it's a developing situation and things are jumping into your head. You're, I mean, it sounds like it's for very fluid situations, mm-hmm. not for just normal text. My right? life is a fluid situation. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. That is true. I mean, true. I, I would liken it, you know, in journo speak to sending multiple news alerts back to back to back mm-hmm. to back to back. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. what we try to do. Get that thread going. We try to really get the most important part there in the little quick fire and then just build it out in a more more meaty uh, mm-hmm. news piece. Ugh. So I think I, that you should need to make your text meatier. Mm-hmm. I, well I've, had, I've been suspecting this for a few weeks now, and I couldn't think of anyone better to, to let me down <laughs> easy. Meg. So <laughs> we're gonna get through so this, AT. We're gonna get through this together. Here for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I have. I don't want to take up too much of your time, Meg. Thank you for doing this. I can't yeah. wait. Absolutely. Um, till I get to see you in person again. Yes. It's gonna be great. It the will halcyon be days of all three of us together. Come yeah. on, then we'll, get, we'll get this puppy back on the road I for sure. No, it's Look. gonna be wonderful. Maybe this fall. Stay tuned. But thanks for listening to the pod, y'all. Thank you, Meg, again. Thanks of for having course. me. Of course, it's so, so good, good to, to be you. with you and be seen. And she's giving you all hugs out there, folks. And you can give us hugs, too, by calling 803-563-7169. <laughs> Always be closing, Leave us a bud. voicemail. Leave us an iTunes review. We love you guys. And you can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. What? I'll come in in the end. I'm not the important oh, okay. party here. So it's okay. <laughs> Don't sell yourself true. short. That's not true. I am the most handsome guy on the podcast, according to Columbia Metropolitan Magazine. That picture was was a thousand. <laughs> Let's not get sidetracked. <laughs> I loved it. It was so natural. And it wasn't like the happiest you've ever seen AT. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God, I'm here in I'm a like, colored oh, shirt. Him. It worked. They, they captured him.